Brofist to you all! Friday has rolled round once again, which means raise your gavels high! Raise them strong and raise them powerful, for drama time has descended on us once again. It is coming an hour early today. I have IRL obligations that are happening like midway through drama, but we should be fine for at least half an hour or so and get our show done. We're doing the full show today, but we're also welcomed by our wonderful new friends who have joined us via Twitch and who are wondering, what the fuck is even drama time? What is this thing? Well, all across the globe, and in fact for nine long years now, from the entire history of the millions and millions of people who play online games. There are weird and wonderful people out there. Some people like to sweep floors no matter where certain people go. Some people like to ERP in a fashion which is just frankly bizarre. And some people like to screw each other over. Regardless of their friendships they may have made in game. And today we regale those tales. We relive those stories. Not only for our entertainment... But as a warning, to serve as the red flags which will guide you on your purpose, to guide you on your path in order to avoid these kinds of situations, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, and therefore have a much better online life than maybe you did beforehand. And through the power of drama time, we have, of course, steered many people in a correct direction. And sometimes it's been downright crazy. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes fine. Yes, you can sign up for any game. We are more than happy to have Final Fantasy fourteen. It's all about the celebration of the player. The players with their anonymity behind this wonderful device where they hide behind this machine like this and turn into people that they would never ever be in the real world. That is how it exists and that is how it goes as you guys well know. Now I will say this, my OBS is acting up insanely so we should be in for a pretty wild ride. Everything will be in caps lock today. Uh, <laughs> that is the way it is going to be. So, you know, here we go. Uh, it should be fine. So, our wonderful Bex who goes through your stories that you have sent in uh has suggested this one for today big fish in a small pond now my inkling here is this is somebody who is a damn fine player who is maybe trapped in a nightmarish situation with not so damn fine players a situation many of us have found ourselves in in the past there we go right so i have several names for this but i do need for my wonderful live audience a guild name. All names in Drama Time are taken from the supporters from our website. And if you are a Twitch subscriber, you have access to all the stuff that is extra stuff on our website as well. It comes as part of your Twitch subscription. So feel free to go and check out BreachGaming.com. You'll find some behind-the-scenes stuff and all kinds of stuff like that. Right, we need uh, Yumi, Patara. The caps lock is going to fill this up, isn't it? Glinky. I'm going to go with Glinky before I get your wonderful guild, uh, guild names. Flower. Mythic. Jen. And Jex. Oh, they fit in. Beautiful. The floor inspectors. <laughs> really? The sweepers. I prefer the sweepers rather than the mocking of me. The sweepers. So our first tale today is big fish in a small pond. Uh, it's not particularly... The sweepers isn't a particular... It's a bit edgy. It's got some edgy to it. So, for our newcomers and our old friends alike, let us dip in. Hello, Preacher, and the glorious men and women of Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, and elsewhere, drama time can be found. And a very special hello to Bex, the wizard behind the curtain pulling all the gears and levers that make this amazing show possible. Yes, she does. <laughs> I hail from the good old United States of America. 
uh, specifically from the most magical land that exists within the country and expensive. I come from Florida. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've tuned into Twitch now and then, but being on the other side of the pond, I watch Drama Time and most preach videos via the YouTube. After years of listening, I've decided to finally send in my tale, all about how a dick pic ruined the best guild on my server. Let us begin. Dick pics are terrible, man. There's no such thing as a good dick pic. Dicks are disgusting. They are. They're awkward fucking vicious looking things, man. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> dick pics are the worst. They really are. Oh, man. Maybe it's just mine. <laughs> Maybe mine's just like an obscene mess. Let's rewind the clock, shall we, ladies and gentlemen, to the action-packed end of World of Warcraft's Cataclysm expansion. After having led a raid team through the heroic Firelands, I took a break from hardcore raiding in Dragon Soul, instead choosing to experience raiding through the all-new, shiny LFR system. This would be my main way of raiding throughout Mists of Pandaria, as sadly, most of my friends had quit the game, and I was a broke-ass college student with a very, very bad PC. God, you so you got the double whammy of... Your raid falling apart, a shit PC, having no money, and Dragon Soul LFR. Son of a bitch. Coming into the start of Walls of Draenor, I had built my own gaming PC. and was ready to get back into super hardcore man mode raiding. Even the staunchest WAD haters have to admit that the promotional material for the expansion made it look really, really fucking good. So I power leveled to 90, mostly by skipping the garrison stuff at the start. I did my best to prepare for that very first day of raiding. Unfortunately, I didn't have a guild, which meant my very first run was a pug. Needs to say, after a single failed high mall run where we couldn't kill the butcher on normal mode and the otherwise lackluster endgame. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's endgame is that? Yeah, okay. Uh, I was done right there with Wallace Drain. Oh, that's as far as you got. <laughs> really sad. That might have been the end of my WoW journey. A tale starting 13 years ago in the early days of Vanilla. Ended because of a single bad high mall pug. It would have been. If not for that marketing. That powerful, powerful marketing machine. And that name that we all remember so fondly. World of Warcraft Legion. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, it was Illidan and Demon Hunters. But to be honest with you, Preacher, I had no interest in Demon Hunters. I thought the double jump ninja elves with glowing tattoos were cringe. And I wanted nothing more than the boss I wiped on a hundred plus times in the Burning Crusade to stay in the fucking Burning Crusade. Dude, they had to break the glass. <laughs> they broke the Arthur's glass this time. No. The thing that caught my attention was the one and only Ashbringer. You see, I played a warrior in vanilla at the tender age of 13 and like every prepubescent warrior, I coveted the corrupted Ashbringer. Of course, being a child and a noob, I never had any hope of obtaining it. In the Burning Crusade, I swapped to Paladin because I'm a 90s kid, and I thought Cloud Strife was the pinnacle of coolness. <laughs> and as a Paladin, surely no one would expect me to tank or heal, knowing how cool Cloud Strife was. You dumb bastard. <laughs> anyway, it's the end of Warlords of Draenor, and they've announced the return of Illidan's Stormrage, and much more importantly, the return of the Ashbringer. I just knew I had to get in on that. So I resubbed to WoW as quickly as I possibly could. Unfortunately, buying Legion came with a caveat. I had a fiancé. Oh no. <laughs> My fiancé was 100% on board with me spending the money. But only 
if I had promised to play World of Warcraft with her. Now, that's not a problem, because unlike the uh, virginal Reddit, <laughs> I love playing with my significant other. That right. This is drama time, after all. She exclusively plays a resto shaman, which has never been bad. She liked doing dungeons and eventually M+, and she's a joy to play with. Is she listening? Is she listening? Is that what it is? Anyone who bemoans playing video games with their spouse needs to reevaluate their priorities. I don't. My wife is fucking terrible at video games. Like, actually awful. There's zero chance I'm playing games with her. It would, it would cause a divorce. She's a noob, man. I can't play with a noob. That's crazy. But I digress. The reason this caveat is unfortunate is that my fiancé, now wife, does not pop. Oh, I think that's supposed to be PvP. <laughs> it says pop. <laughs> I thought that was a sexual innuendo that I didn't understand. She does not PvP. <laughs> She doesn't do BGs, she doesn't do arenas, she doesn't do world PvP. And if she, never, if she ever gets ganked in the open world, she will log off and stop playing for the entire day. As someone who wanted to level quickly and get my Ashbringer, this would be a problem for me. So I found a solution. Let us roll on a PvE server and never have to worry about PvP. I could still do arenas in my off time and more importantly, no loser neckbeard with too much time on their hands could discourage my wife from playing the game. You're a bit defensive about your good lady. World of, World of Warcraft, right? That's all I'm saying. Unfortunately, I didn't do my research. I looked at the list of PvE servers and picked the one I saw first. A little old server called Garona. For those who don't know, Garona North America is a vanilla server. This means Blizzard made a promise to never merge it with another server. The problem with this is that Garona is also one of, at least during Legion and Battle for Azeroth, one of the least populated Horde servers in North America. <laughs> At one point, the population of Garona was less than 500 active players. <laughs> Of course, I had no idea this was the case at the time, and happily went about leveling my new paladin with my wife. Going into Legion, I knew two things. The first, that, uh, first was that I wanted every Ashbringer appearance I could get my hands on. The second was that doing so meant I was going to have to raid. And not only raid via LFR, as I'd been doing for years, but actually properly raid, which meant, of course, finding a guild. Luckily, while leveling, I got invited to some random guild on the server. The Sweepers. It was kind of cringe, I thought, but whatever. I would get an XP boost and some other rewards besides, and some people to talk to while I leveled. It turns out I was in luck. The Sweepers was in the process of rebuilding their raid roster. They had been pretty serious raiding guild in Wars of Draenor, and even going so far as clearing Heroic Archimonde. As someone who'd been more or less out of the raiding scene for four expansions and didn't fully understand the new difficulty tiers that seemed like quite the accomplishment. Going into Legion, they were planning to raid the Emerald Nightmare on opening day and were looking for DPSs to fill out their roster. I told them I was interested and spoke with the guild leader about my experience. Despite my most recent accomplishment being Heroic Firelands, they were very impressed with my experience and I was promised a raid spot. All I had to do was talk to their paladin officer Mythic. Mythic was an interesting guy. He told me all about his unique paladin build for Legion that he had developed himself. 
<laughs> you see, most people... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> most people, foolishly in his opinion, were gearing for haste to maximize their holy power generation and get more finishers in their avenging wrath windows. For non-paladin players, that's more of the big damage button with the glowy, glowy yellow wings. Mythic's build was to go for pure critical strike. After all, he said, what's the use of having more Templar's verdicts if they don't hit very hard? And besides, if your Avenging Wrath only lasts 30 seconds and has a 2-minute cooldown, that means you're doing way less damage when you don't have Avenging Wrath up. If you build your character full crit, you do more damage outside of Avenging Wrath as well. So painful. I feel like I'm having a bleed behind my eye. <sighs> Crunching the numbers now. Do -do 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 -do. Now, as a long-time Preach viewer, I know that made fucking no sense. Yes! <laughs> Raise the purpose. So I chose to ignore Mythic. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool story, bro. Flash forward to our first day of Emerald Nightmare. Half an hour before the raid, I was stood outside the portal, flasks and food ready to go. I'd done a couple of Mythics and a bunch of Heroics, so while my item level wasn't crispy, it was respectable. Moreover, I'd done a ton of AP farming, and my Ashbrenger was on point. I sat in front of the portal for an hour before finally getting a raid invite. It turns out no one in the raid had watched any of the guides. One of our hunters, Flower, was a med student and hadn't gotten home from school yet. And our two tanks, which were the guild leader Yummy and our prop paladin, were both French-Canadian. And while Yummy spoke fluent English, our other tank knew it as a second language. This meant Yummy had to explain mechanics to him from the video. <laughs> they sat and watched the video during raid time. Cool. It also meant that during the raid, while all of the DPS and healers were in a Discord channel for callouts... It was a guild rule that the tanks would go to a separate channel where they could speak French. This, of course, meant that we had no way of communicating with the tanks during combat. Why are you still in the raid? Like, just leave, dude. You know where this is going. Uh... <laughs> we finally got into the raid, though. But we're pushing forward, apparently. We're still... <laughs> <laughs> We're going for it. I got together where I noticed most of the other DPS didn't have flasks or food. <clears throat> in fact, one of our rep paladins, yes, Mike, we had three rep paladins in our 12-man group, were still in questing greens. One of our other hunters, Jen, who turned out to be an officer, hadn't done any AP on her artifacts. Apparently, she had leveled as survival and had only swapped to BM just before the raid. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. And I could just see there's a man in Scotland right now with a big smile on his fucking face. And he just said, she sounds cool, TBH. <laughs> By some miracle, we killed Nythendra after only two wipes. With literally three seconds on the enrage timer, I felt pretty good about it. I'd survived the entire fight on all three pulls and my DPS was respectable. Immediately after the pull, Mythic whispered me. You know, you did pretty well there. But your DPS 
would be higher if you tried my build. With your gear, you're really holding us back playing that silly flavor of the month math build. <laughs> That's a math build. <laughs> that is now in my lexicon forever. I'm going to play the math build. <laughs> what build are you playing? Math build. Math build. <laughs> I didn't have it in, in me to mention that Mythic was in full Mythic Zero gear and I only had one or two pieces. I could have easily pointed out that by item level, my pass on all three pulls was way better than his. Instead, I ignored it and we moved on to the big bear, Ursok. Unfortunately, this is where our raid would end. Two hours wiping on normal Ursok. We decided to call it quits for our first day. Normal Ursok, eh? Bummer. You had like three bops in that raid. Like, that's so free. That's crazy. You literally didn't even have to move. <laughs> Assuming that Emerald Nightmare was incredibly difficult and overtuned for day one. <laughs> That's what it is. The raid's overtuned. It's not us. <laughs> the raid's overtuned. <laughs> After the raid, though, I went to check how other people were doing online. Imagine my disappointment and horror when I turned on YouTube to see a new video from Preach, who called it one of the easiest raids of ever <laughs> any expansion. <laughs> And expressed disappointment at just how easily Ursoc was specifically as you hoped it would be the DPS check. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Fine, I thought. Clearly Preach just plays at a much higher level. Fucking right, dude. And I'm sure after another week of mythic grinding, we'll get it. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. No, I was right! No, screw you, I'm right! That fight was dog easy. Shut up, man. <laughs> Long story short, we did not kill Ursok. In fact, we couldn't even reclear Nythendra? What? The call went out that as a guild, we would focus on gearing through Mythic Plus and clear the raid later after Blizzard puts in the appropriate and well-needed nerfs. Two weeks after our disappointing Ursok fail, Yumi, our guild leader, decided to set up Mythic Hellfire Citadel run as practice. Apparently a few guild members wanted to get some transmog out of there that they hadn't completed during WAD and it would be a good opportunity for the team to work together. Having missed out on the raid when it was relevant and not having anything else to do, I decided, sure, why not? Let's go along. Now this being only a few weeks into Legion, Hellfire Citadel was still a bit difficult. That's a true. As far as I know, Hellfire Citadel was still a bit of a bitch, on, at least on Mythic difficulty. A five-man group could clear it no problem. Oh, not that hard then. But you had to know the mechanics for a few of the bosses. Of course, having skipped the raid, I knew none of them and ended up dying repeatedly. After an embarrassing death to the robot boss sock. Robot boss sock something? Oh, Socrata. I got a whisper from my cool paladin officer, Mythic. Dude, how have you died to everything? You're so overleveled for this. So I responded, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't raid this. Despite this, Mythic continued to be a massive dick for the rest of the night. After the Hellfire Citadel clear, Yummy pulled me into the officer channel. Apparently, Mythic's attitude was not befitting an officer of the Sweepers, and he was decided to demote him. Of course, that meant there was a spot open for a new officer. And Isn't there 12 people in your raid team? How many officers do you guys have? And they wanted me to fill the space. Apparently, my credentials and dedication to the raid team were enough to warrant a promotion. Now, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> At this point, I knew 
This is not a particularly good guild. <laughs> but I liked the people. And truthfully, I had been raiding on the side with a friend's guild on another server, so that itch was being scratched. I decided to take the officer position with a pledge to use my knowledge and experience to boost our raid team and make them the best they could be. Going into Nighthold with the help of Yummy and her co-GM boyfriend, Patira, we had gotten at least six members of the raid team up to what I would describe as passable gear levels. The other half of our raid team, including myself, have been doing pug raids on the side to gear up. I'd also geared a few of my alts specifically so that I could help people with their class. At this point, I had a hunter, a mage, a warrior, a demon hunter, a monk, a druid, and my paladin all at 110 rocking heroic emerald nightmare gear or the M plus equivalent. Anytime someone in the raid was not performing well, I'd jump on an alt, spend two or three weeks playing it in the raid, and then do my best to coach them through that raiding on that class. Nope. <laughs> all the while, we as a guild were struggling with one boss in the Nighthold. Ooh, which boss? Any guesses? They're struggling with one boss. It's got to be Star Augur, right? It has to be Star Augur. Every week we would go in and clear every available boss but this one. Oh, Spellblade? Could be. And had even cleared it up, cleared up to the same boss on Heroic. But we could not kill it on either Normal or Heroic. It's got to be Star Augur. Got to be. A boss that's blocking... Oh, Botanist? Botanist Heroic I can understand. Botanist Normal? I don't think so. Maybe? We clocked in over 200 wipes to this boss and spent at least two hours every week on it for four months. The boss? Spellblade Allurial. Couldn't kill it on normal either? Spellblade Allurial was the ultimate cook of our raid team. We just could not do it. Every week we would clear up to Spellblade and then sneak around her to do Tychondrias. The bridge guy, the star guy, and the guard. You can kill Botanist, but not Spellblade? We had very few issues with any of these bosses, but we could not kill Spellblade. Communication was the big issue. Our tanks were still in a separate... Oh, of course. I, I, I mean... <laughs> Woe betide me to forget that your tanks aren't even in comms with you. Ugh. <laughs> Our tanks were still in a separate Discord channel from the rest of the raid. Three of our raiders were very open about not paying attention in the fight, choosing to watch Netflix instead. Oh, I don't know who would do that. That's terrible. One of these players was the other rep paladin, whom I'd attempted to help many, many times. She had exactly the same gear as my main. She had all the same talents, and I even coached her through the rotation many times. Now, mind you, it wasn't like Mythic at all. I linked her a few of your videos, some Raidbots info, and sat in Discord with her for several hours going over the ins and outs of playing Paladin. No matter what I did, she was always at the very bottom of the DPS, while I was sitting at the top. On top of this, she would die every single fight, too easy to avoid mechanics. We finally got to the bottom of it. Okay, <laughs> any guesses before we read this? Hold on, I need to hide the line. Clicker, do we think? Yeah, I'm thinking Clicker. Yeah, I'm thinking Clicker. Could be that she's playing in a, a really far away country. We had a guy in the Burning Crusade who finally admitted he was actually living in Brazil. And that's why he was constantly dying. He played with like 600 ping. <laughs> like it took, it took months for us to figure it out until he finally admitted he lived in Brazil. Which was a real problem. Uh, okay, Clicker controller? I don't think so. Could be just bad internet. Alright, there we go. We finally got to the bottom of it. 
when she mentioned that our raid times were now a problem because they took place at... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were all wrong. <laughs> she mentioned that our raid times were becoming a big problem because they took place at the same time as Game of Thrones released. And that most of the raid, she wanted to watch Game of Thrones instead. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watch it later, right? <laughs> Another slacker was Glink. Glink played a Fury Warrior, which had very good DPS in the Nighthold. Glink did not have very good DPS in the Nighthold. It turns out he was a real-life friend of Yumi and got into the raid despite consistently doing less damage than our Discipline Priest. Yumi asked me to help Glink with his damage, so I leveled my Warrior and once again cleared all of Nighthold in a pug to figure out what he was doing wrong. After looking at logs and watching bods of our kills, it was pretty easy to figure out. Glink was building rage without any issues, he just didn't spend it. He would use Rampage on cooldown to generate rage, and then just spam Whirlwind. When I asked him about this, Glink's excuse was that he was doing a bong grip with each wipe, so by the 20th or so pull, he really had no idea what the fuck was going on anymore. And then there was Jen, our hunter officer. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even anymore, like my soul is crushed. Jen was a wasn't me kind of player <laughs> we all know at least one of those it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter how we wiped off or what went wrong their immediate response was wasn't me followed by finger pointing and complaining you may remember jen as the hunter who came to emerald nightmare with no ap in their bm weapon this is because jen was one of those players who believed anyone who farmed in world of warcraft was an elitist and was trying too hard jen refused to do m plus because she was a raider Refused to gem her enchant gear because we were still doing normal. Never bought food or flask for the same reasons. And only had AP from raiding or the few dungeons we forced her to go to because that was what she felt she needed to put in. All the while, anything, anytime something went wrong, she would immediately point fingers at anyone else. All the while ignoring the fact that she was getting out DPS by our healers and had horrible positioning that caused us to wipe on Spellblade hundreds of times. Eventually, after months of dying to Spellblade... Okay, we still have not killed Spellblade. This is mad. <laughs> this is fucking killer. It's like the fourth boss, dude. Months of dying to Spellblade. It came to a head. You see, outside of just being a bad WoW player, Glink was also a creep. He constantly made remarks towards Flower and Yummy that I, as a gentle sir, didn't wish to repeat. He was <laughs> super passive-aggressive towards Patera because she, because he had a crush on Yummy and felt that he because uh, because he'd known her longer... He had qualified for what he described as dibs. <laughs> That's how it works, yeah. And other gross things like that. <laughs> he was also super young, like 19 or something. Dude, <laughs> 19 isn't that young to, <laughs> for this, this kind of shit. 19 is not that young. <laughs> he used to do a bit where he would pretend to be a super conservative nationalist, thinking it was hilarious. He would say super uncomfortable, sexist, homophobic, and racist things all the time because he thought it was a good laugh. He got away with it all, though, because he was childhood friends with the guild leader. Hmm. One night in the middle of the raid, on our, our Snapchat blew up. The officers and Glink, for some reason, were all part of a Snapchat group that we mostly use outside of the game to talk shit about some bad players. I mean, we also used it just to chat about non-WoW-related things, but it was mostly used for us to vent our frustrations. Another wipe on Spellblade. I checked the snapshot to see a disgusting close-up of Glink's dick. 
His floppy schlong just all over my phone screen. That boy's nasty naughty bits just burned into my retina. Of course he swore up and down it was an accident. But since Yummy and Flower were also part of the Snapchat group, I, there, I knew there was no way it'd been accidental. It's a bold maneuver. <laughs> it's a bold play. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> it's a bold play. Flower exploded. Demanding Glink be removed from the guild. Removed from the Discord, the Snapchat, and, and possibly the Earth. Flower's boyfriend, who happened to be our healing officer, backed her up. Patera, being co-GM and Yummy's boyfriend, of course, concurred. Jen was just happy to have a scapegoat for our latest wipe. I finally saw an opportunity to rid my raid team of its one weakest link, and agreed. Yummy was reluctant to remove her childhood friend, but was outvoted. The dick caused Flink to be gone. Not even an hour later, the shit hit the fan again. Within that hour, Glink immediately joined the only other raiding guild on our sub-500 populated server. We often did runs together with this guild whenever either of us didn't have enough members for a full raid team. And we were all pretty familiar with each other. Perhaps just to get back into our good graces, Glink started to divulge some of the secrets from their Discord. It turns out Jen had been running raids with them on an alt and spent a majority of her time there shit-talking us and the sweepers. Mentioning how we were hard stuck on Spellblade for months, which, I remind you all, was because of her, and about how bad our leadership was. Apparently, she would spend the majority of their raids talking about how I was the biggest elitist in World of Warcraft for farming AP outside of raids. We confronted Jen about all of this. It wasn't me attitude came out in full force. Unfortunately for her, we'd all had enough of her and she was unanimously voted out as well. A week later, with a 10-man raid team, we downed Spellblade and then went on to full clear normal and heroic before TOS launched a month later. Isn't it weird how when you get rid of them really horrible players, you just seem to go forwards? <laughs> Isn't that strange? I wish I could say, ladies and gentlemen, that my story ends on a nice, happy note. Unfortunately, life isn't so simple. Midway through TOS, the guild is progressing nicely. We cleared up to the Avatar with very little issue. My new obsession with the Mage Tower kept me occupied and incentivized me to gear all 10 of my ults. I even took a page out of your book and made personalized guides for the guild on how to clear certain Mage Towers. If a guildie came to me and asked me how to do the encounter with their spec, I would grind it out and plus style, having a spouse who can comfortably heal plus 20s is a huge help, and then record myself clearing the tower with that spec with a voiceover on my build strategies and how to do it effectively. I would even do it once on easy mode, for example using Radon's Cascading Eyes on Havoc Demon Hunter, and then wipe and do it again the hard way so I could talk about the differences depending on what resources a player might have available. In the raid, I was still topping the meters, but more players were starting to catch up, and a few of our new recruits were even competing to the point that I would have to get cheesy to win, mainly by doing things like using Bubble to squeeze extra DPS, as if you're not doing that from day one, what the fuck? Or the good old Taunt the Karma Tank Buster on my monk. Mmm... <laughs> risky risky around this time you released a video about your vanilla experience of being a big fish in a little pond i realized that i was going through the same thing i was constantly checking passes and logs looking for ways to push and improve my gameplay meanwhile most of the people around me were content with just killing the boss taking some loot home and having a good old evening for me i needed to be better i needed to be at the top i think my ego really liked being in a little pond i felt like the mvp like no one could touch me Bosses didn't die unless I was in the raid, and people looked to me when something stumped them. Sure, it might have been bad for my growth as a player, but I felt on top of the world. 
being able to bring just about any class into our uh, into our raids and being at, at the top or near the top made me feel like God's gift to World of Warcraft. Maybe some part of me knew that my raid team consisted mostly of Mythic Raiders alts looking for some chill downtime after trying to progress Mythic Kill Jaden. And the other half were people who were either just terrible at the game or too busy to give a shit. But to me, I was King Badass. God of Tomb of Sargeras. Soloing Cage Phase on Inquisitors and crushing Mistress Sazine. But of course, it didn't last forever. We struggled to down Heroic KJ. And after one kill, most of the, gil the guild decided they were done. They wanted a break. Those mythic alts went back to their mains to prepare for Antorus. Flower went back to med school. Patera and Yummy were breaking up. It was a mutual breakup and they remained friends. No big drama there. I became even more obsessed with the mage tower, determined to clear it with all 36 specs. I only stepped into Antorus when I was struggling to clear the tower with a certain spec. I'd pug it for a week or two so that I could overgear the tower. Not that anyone cares, but by 8.0 I ended up clearing the tower in every class except Warlocks, which I didn't level at the time. The one I struggled with the most? <laughs> oh. Interesting, because the mage tower is returning to World of Warcraft. Everything was... What did you think you found the hardest? Really? It's not one you'd expect, actually. It's really not. It, I, I mean, it should be easy on this class. I don't know why he struggled, but it should be. Uh, it is a warrior, but which warrior? I'll give you a clue. It's a warrior one. Mm, yeah, you all think Fury, right? Because the Fury was the really long one. No, Protection Warrior. Why did you struggle on Protection Warrior? You could charge back in after the knockback. It was like Giga Free on Protection Warrior. Hmm. The one I struggled, uh, the one I struggled with the most was Protection Warrior, and the easiest by far was Unholy DK. I can't remember which one Unholy had. Did Unholy have that one where you had to kite the boy? Is that the Unholy one? I, I can't remember. It had the mage. Unholy is the mage guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was really easy. Oh well. Okay. I mean, everybody has their own difficulties. That's the way it goes. Fast forward to the first month of Battle for Azeroth then. The whole guild was super pumped for the new expansion. Finally, we would not have to farm AP anymore. <laughs> Finally, there would be no more legendary RNG. Yay! <laughs> we couldn't wait to be free from all the grinds of Legion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the first setback came when our long-time tank left the server. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall, but the truth was our server was a fucking shithole. We were struggling to get even 10 people into a raid consistently, and it didn't matter how many macros or add-ons you used, there was nobody to read them. Oh, that's really fucking sad, isn't it? You can spam all day, but there's nobody reading it. Patera took over tanking alongside Yummy for our first week of Uldia. Week one, we got stuck hard on Mother. I feared it would be Emerald Nightmare all over again. Luckily, Patera stepped up and found a strategy that worked well for us. And by week three, we were up to Vectus. And that's where the second setback hit. Flower and Patera were constantly bickering over strategies for Vectus. You see, Flower had been doing pug runs with her boyfriend. And in their runs, a certain strategy had worked really well. Patera didn't think our team was capable of doing a pug strategy. And was determined to stick to what the guides were saying. This is when Yummy decided to spring her secret plan. With Patera tanking, our group was short a consistent healer. We'd been grabbing a random for the last few weeks with varying results. And this is where Yummy introduced us 
to the one, the only, Jax. Jax was a Mistweaver monk. He didn't speak and was usually a few minutes late to the raid. On top of this, his healing was, you know, it was bad. In our 12-man team, we were still running three healers to make up for Jax's, Jax's heals. <laughs> Sorry, Jax. I immediately didn't like Jax. He messed up all the time, he died easily, and it really just seemed like he wasn't playing the game. I also noticed Yummy had started talking about Glink a lot, instigating the group into talking shit about him. She would just randomly say things like, at least Glink isn't here to DPS this. If Glink were playing, we'd be, he'd be high as a kite already. Things like that. Now, I don't want to say we were intentionally talking shit about this guy behind his back, especially since we were kind of being goaded into it by Yummy. Now, that being said, though, we were very open about our grievances, not only with Glink and his dick pics, but with lots of others in the group we dealt with previously. Even I didn't get a pass for essentially bringing a different alt to every raid. One night, Yummy had gone and, and goaded us into talking shit about Glink, when I got a whisper from Flower. Said Jax had whispered her something totally inappropriate, and she wanted to confront him in an officer's meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, well spotted, Arctic Spoon. I asked if it could wait until after the raid, but she said it really needed to happen now. We all dropped down to the officer channel, pulled Jax down with us, and confronted him. Now, on a side note, I mentioned I was from Florida. Florida has a very large Latin population. Latin X? What's Latin X? Sorry, I'm not up to date. What's Latin X? Latin X meaning. A person of Latin American origin or descent used as a gender neutral or non-binary alternative to Latino or Latina. Oh, I see. That makes sense. And I speak with a lot of Latin X people on a daily basis. I mentioned that because the bogus Hispanic accent this boy tried to put on was the most disgustingly racist, stereotypical garbage I've ever read. <laughs> hey, gringo! It's like something like crazy like that. <laughs> Immediately, two things were clear. One, this person was not a Hispanic. This person was, in fact, Glink tried to pass off as some Hispanic player. Yummy had known it was Glink the entire time and had purposely goaded members of the raid into talking shit about him whilst he was in the raid. When I said Flower, when I when I say Flower lost it, I mean she went fucking bananas. Yummy and Flower had been friends for years. Yummy had even stayed at Flower's house while visiting New York, and Flower had been to Yummy's house in Ontario. And here Yummy had lied to all of us, had invited someone she knew made Flower uncomfortable back into the guild, had played this prank as she described it on everyone, and most importantly to me, had sabotaged the entire raid team. Flower quit on the spot. Her boyfriend followed suit. I stuck around for a little while, but it was clear that the sweepers were swept. A few days later, Flower let me know that she'd moved servers and found a new guild to play with that was actually progressing Mythic Fetid Devourer. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Bummer. And that she talked me up to them. <laughs> my time on Garona was officially over. I paid to move four of my ten characters over to one of the largest servers in North America. Unfortunately, Flower and her boyfriend quit weeks after I transferred because they found out that progressing Mythic Fetid Devourer was actually a bad thing. Yeah, there it is. We're up to Mythic Fetid Devourer. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. The guild they were in didn't accept me because they said my Azerite power was too low. Downer. And I was now a perfectly regular sized fish in a big, big pond. I ended up joining a guild and raiding Heroic Dazzara lore. 
But by the time Eternal Palace came out, I was feeling burnout once again. And Benthic Pearls? Dude, really? Azerite Gear? Dude, really? Necklace Powers? Dude, really? <laughs> These were all just one treadmill too many. I ended up quitting. Flower never came back to World of Warcraft, although she and Yummy did make up and repaired their friendship. Yummy eventually realized that Glink was never going to mature and stopped talking to him after he sent yet another dick pic. <laughs> I'm back in? Awesome. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I can say that so far, no one else has accidentally sent a picture of their girthy gherkin. We had even made plans for everyone to come down to Florida for a trip to Disney World, but of course, the COVID came. As far as WoW goes, I spent some time in Classic. That's a whole... Oh, wow. As far as WoW goes, I spent some time in Classic. And then came back for the Shadowlands. For once I got to be a normal fish in a normal pond, I enjoyed raiding with a guild in Nihilotha, getting Denathrius heroic on farm and pushing 20 keys again. It was nice to be around people who were passionate about performing well, but even that came to an end when 9.0 lasted about six years too long. It didn't, you know. We figured it out on stream the other day. It really wasn't even that long. Like, it was long, but it wasn't like six years long. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it felt like it lasted six years. Uh, they like this patch in WoW 9.1 hasn't actually been around that long. It feels like a long time, though. It does, right? It feels like forever. It feels like fucking forever. It really does. <laughs> yeah, 9.8. I'm thinking about it wrong. 9.0 was the really long one. I was thinking, we were talking about this patch, right? 9.1. It feels like it's been out for fucking years. I came to the realization that Blizzard has for the last decade been making the same mistakes over and over. They release a new expansion with a whole bunch of systems that don't work very well, spend the expansion fixing those systems by piling new ones on top, and finally get it together in the last patch. Promise they've learned their lesson and then do it again the next expansion. Between that and everything else, I feel like I really needed a change of setting. So I've been playing FF14 for the last few months. Overall, it's a great game, although it does have its issues, just like WoW. My biggest complaint is that I don't really have any friends who play it, and thus no one to share my accomplishments with. We don't have an American branch of our server, unfortunately. Recently, I learned that Yummy had returned to WoW and is working on reviving the, the sweepers once more, with a focus on casual raiding. Why would you go back? <laughs> like, were you really? If I could permit it to ask the jury... Ladies and gentlemen, raise your gavels. Do you think it's a good idea to return and become a sweeper once more? On the one hand, I'm really enjoying FF14. On the other, I do miss the camaraderie and friendships I made in the sweepers. And while I have no interest in running the Covenant Soul Ash treadmill again, casual raiding sounds like something I could easily devote a few hours to every week without feeling the need to be the king of DPS. I really want to enjoy World of Warcraft. I just don't want to devote the amount of time to it that I was in 7.0, 8.0, and 9.0. In any case, thank you so much for reading your sto my story about being a big fish in a small pond and a dirty, filthy cock nearly destroying a decade-long friendship. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep calling it dirty. Like, was it dirty? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. It's I, um, I play with my friends on a Tuesday and I have the best time ever. It's not because of the game. It's because I enjoy playing with my friends. So, I mean, it does work. That's what I do. I raid World of Warcraft on a Tuesday night, as most people know. And, like, we kill mythic bosses now. And, it, honestly, I have the best time ever. And I don't do anything outside of that. I get my renown from the raid. <laughs> you know? And it's like... I don't do any of that. I, I don't. I don't. And it's fine. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. 
I think it's good. Uh, Bex, uh, we have about 10 minutes, I imagine, before my wife returns home and I have to take care of IRL. Select the story, Bex. Select the tale. Which one are we doing? Because uh, I don't like you to pick. You've read through them, so you know where to go. Boyfriend. Okay. Something to do with a boyfriend? Is it my best friend's boyfriend? Okay. All right, got it. Uh, I, I don't really have good advice to give you on that, unfortunately. All right, Catherine. Greylander. Gareth. Gabriel. And Turbo Tits. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> Thank you for your support. Thank you always for your support. Turbo tits. <laughs> My best friend's boyfriend. Fit in? Yeah, just. Awesome. My best friend's boyfriend. Featuring our stars. Turbo tits strikes once more. Indeed. Doing God's work. Turbo tits, I believe, has literally been a financial supporter of our channel for around about nine or ten years now. And always has stuck to the name of Turbo Tits. Purely so that I have to read it in drama stories every now and again. Preacher! I've been watching Drama Time for quite a while now. And I figured I'd finally share one of my many drama stories. I was pretty young when I started to play WoW. I first played Vanilla when my brother convinced me to give him my birthday money to pay for the game. And we could play together. <laughs> I scammed. Obviously that didn't work out the way I thought it would. I played on and off for a while and then really got into it during Wrath of the Lich King when I finally was able to get my own account. Catherine and I met in the first guild I ever joined and I was amazed to find another girl around my age playing World of Warcraft. We became friends at the beginning of Wrath and became close friends super fast. We were both best friends for years. She was the one I would confide in and I trusted her wholeheartedly. I was maybe 13 when we first met so I was too naive to realize the way she treated me wasn't always good. Oh no! Over the years of friendship we, we had, I slowly started to notice things that she did that made me feel awful about myself. I was constantly second best to her. She ran a guild at one point, and when I expressed interest in co-running or running a guild on my own, she told me straight that I wasn't, I wasn't someone capable of doing it. It pissed me off that she didn't even believe in her best friend, so I decided to prove her wrong. I started a guild and worked my butt off to maintain it and keep things rolling. Things were going great. And a month later, I showed her my progress. She apologized, saying she was wrong and initially she didn't believe in me at all. And surprisingly, I actually did it. If she was dating a guy and another one showed interest in her, she would send them my way, like I was playing boyfriend backup. <laughs> I, can count, I can't count how many times she would send me her leftovers or unwanted boys. I do want to make it clear that I never dated or entertained any of these dudes who thirsted after Catherine. And saw me as the next best thing to her. Being two teenage girls on World of Warcraft caused quite a stir as you can imagine. It was actually pretty creepy at times given our age and the age of some of the guys who showed interest in us. Shocker. We played on an RP server. Of course you did. We played on an RP server and I was a supporting character to say the least. But I enjoyed myself and still viewed her as a good friend. I would bend over backwards to be good and loyal friend to Catherine. Fast forward then to Cataclysm. Catherine and I were in a guild with one of my best friends, Greylander. Greylander and I had been friends a little longer. My brother and him were friends, and so Greylander was very protective of me, like I was his little sister. 
and he wasn't fond of Catherine, but would play nice for my sake, which I always appreciated. Things were good. It was a small guild run by a couple. Now, Mike, I know what you're thinking. A guild run by a couple is a red flag. <laughs> but this is the one instance where it somehow actually works. It's not the one instance. It's not. It's not. I need to clarify this, because every time I go to BlizzCon, a bunch of guild leaders who are married couples come up to me and give me a load of shit. <laughs> it seems overwhelmingly bad because it's drama time. The only ones we hear about on drama times are terrible. The worst. But there are lots that do work. They're somewhere, I'm sure, right? <laughs> they are. I'm just saying, right? There's a lot that do work, but the ones we hear about in drama time are the bad ones, right? That's the nature of the show. I feel absolved of my claims. Gabriel was the guild leader and his wonderful fiance Turbo Tits <laughs> Fuck you, Bex. Was the co was the co-guild leader with him. We would we would casually raid, make jokes, help each other get gear, tell stories. I loved my guildies. It was such a positive environment, but alas, this is drama time. There are quite a few stories around this time and in this guild, but this one revolves around Catherine and her boyfriend. It all started when Catherine started dating Gareth. To put it lightly, Gareth was the fucking worst. Once Gareth was running some of our alts through Blackrock Depths, Catherine and I were following behind, picking up loot when the Circle of Flame dropped from a boss. I was playing a mage at the time, and it was a serious upgrade for me. Plus, it looked super cool. I got excited in chat and needed on it. Gareth, the max level death knight, wanted it for his RP set and decided to roll against me for it when I actually needed it for actual loot. Luckily, I won the roll, but he was salty about it, saying how he was helping us girls out by doing dungeons for us. On Gareth's birthday, Catherine convinced Greylander to help get the reins of the Black Drake for Gareth. For those of you that do not know, you have to kill Southarian with all three drakes alive in the Obsidian Sanctum. Catherine and Gareth were struggling, and Gareth suggested to go into trade chat and get two more people, but don't tell them they will not get to roll on the mount. What a guy. They found a few more people for their cause. They did it, and the mount dropped, pissing everyone else off when it went straight to Gareth without a roll. Overall, Gareth was that prick that you don't want to play with. These occurrences went on for months. Mr. Pandaria came out. I remember Catherine had another guy who showed interest in her. She told him that she was with Gareth. Catherine and Gareth decided to send this guy my way because it would be good for me to have a boyfriend. Like I said before, I didn't want any part of that. I felt like Catherine and Gareth were sending me pity boys since I was single. It was embarrassing, honestly. Eventually, months into the expansion, Catherine appealed to Gabriel and Turbo Tits to let Steve into the guild. They were considering it until Greylander spoke up. Greylander was an officer in the guild and good friends with both guild leaders, so they really valued his opinion. Greylander hated Gareth and told our guild leaders not to let him in. They decided to, let, to listen to him, and Gabriel told Catherine that Gareth was not welcome to the guild because he clashed with others. A few days passed. Nothing really came of it. That is until Gabriel logged on and went to the guild bank and took absolutely fucking everything. The guild bank transcript said Unknown had taken everything from us, which meant that someone had taken everything and then deleted the character. I mentioned to you earlier it was a small guild, and I mean very small. There were only a handful of us of our, uh, and all of our alts. So when I logged on, I was recruited by the others to help find the culprit. Catherine's main character was still in the guild. 
The only character that was missing from the roster was one of her new alts that she had started a few weeks back. Catherine had been so mad about Gareth that she destroyed the guild bank and then tried to cover it up. I asked Gabriel and Turbo Tits if I could try to talk to her first. They agreed. When Catherine logged on, I whispered her about the incident. This is as close as I remember to the conversation. We're best friends. I'm not mad at you. I just want you to tell me the truth and I'll believe you. She denied everything. She said it wasn't her and begged me to believe her. I told her I trusted her and believed her word on this. But I didn't. How could I? I knew what she had done. Our friendship was on the line, but she still lied to me. I told Gabriel and Turbo Tits about it and they decided they would confront her. Perhaps a position of authority could get the truth. Of course, she denied it at first, saying, what are you talking about? I haven't done anything. She eventually broke down and confessed. She had messaged me separately while all the drama was going on in the guild chat and said she had done it. And she was just so hurt that we didn't let her boyfriend Gareth into the guild. I said I know and I asked her about all the items. She said she didn't have them anymore. Gabriel and Turbo Tits weren't having any of that and told Catherine she was going to have to leave the guild. Catherine then threw Gareth, her own boyfriend, under the bus. She begged to stay in the guild and said it was his idea. He made me do it. He manipulated me. He told me to steal it from the guild bank. While she was doing this, of course, Catherine was kicked from the guild. She faction changed. I didn't follow her that time. We didn't talk much after that, unfortunately. I didn't cut her off like I should have. Every so often, she would message me on the battle swag, asking how things were, and I always ended up brushing past how I was doing and focused on how terrible or amazing her life was going for her at that very moment. Her and Gareth broke up, shockingly, and the last time she and I talked about... Talked, I told her how, she, how me and my now husband were trying to buy a house and how busy I was working. Thinking she would be happy for me. I had found a husband. I was buying a house. Her response, you might ask? Lol, that sounds boring. And then started gloating about how she's running the most successful roleplay guild on her server. <laughs> <laughs> It took a lot longer than I'm proud of to realize what a truly terrible friend she was. Everything worked out for me and the rest of my guildies, though. Greylander and I are still close friends and talk all the time. Gabriel and Turbo Tits got married. <laughs> yes! Praise be to Turbo Tits! Gabriel streams regularly and enjoys it. We have a guild discord and all play Final Fantasy XIV in a guild together. I still love everybody. But I have to say, watch out for those red flags even when you're young. When someone's taking the mickey out of you, don't let him. Fight back, or it could go on for years and years. Thank you, Preach, for reading my little story, and I hope it makes it into drama times. Well, it did! And congratulations on your husband and a new house, and also uh, for saying goodbye to Catherine, a terrible person. Oh, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that does bring us to the end of drama time for this week. Remember, if you have any stories to share with us, please send them into drama at preachgaming.com, regardless of the game. It doesn't matter. Or you can submit them on our website shockingly preachgaming.com it's been an immeasurably amazing week we did extremes for the first time of final fantasy 14 but it doesn't end there tomorrow eve online have reached out to us and asked us to check out their game eve online uh they want us to give it the one day trial of their brand new starter experience that they've just done i've never played eve and that's what they want they want the old blind playthrough so tomorrow we will be streaming probably about 10 a.m ish something like that is saturday so i want to wake up and see my family um but yes, we will be going. We will be live tomorrow with Eve Online to check out how it goes and see what we think of it. Love you. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for me to leave. So I hope to see you tomorrow. It should be a lot of fun. For everyone else, be good. And I'll see you Monday. All right?
Bye, everybody. We press the right button.